0: Hello and welcome to Casting Nets Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Pastor Will Harley. I'm joined here with Pastor Dave Endorf here on the top and Pastor Dave Rudat. Also, that would be that way. No, nope, other, oh, other way. That way. There you go. Pastor Dave Rudat. Welcome, guys.
1: Hey, thanks for having us. What you guys get your wives for Valentine's? A card. I got and her... I really wanted to get her the little beads for an Abacus because it's the little things that count. (laughs) Oh, wow.
2: (laughs)
0: Uh,
1: You know why tennis players have difficulty dating? Because love means nothing to them.
0: I think we really need to move on before... (laughs) 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 um so welcome the show has even
1: gotten either really good (laughs) or really bad based on those two jokes
0: (laughs) yeah you know please don't rate us on that (laughs) welcome to the show we're glad to have you with us um you know this is a a a podcast hopefully that um when it's all said and done um it's real life it's living faith we have an opportunity of three pastors just kind of having a good conversation and starting a conversation about some of the things that we we think about and some of the things that we hope that other people are dealing with and maybe have questions about. And, and so hopefully it helps you. And and if you have things that you would like to question or things that as we're talking, you would like, I want to jump in on this conversation. Please put them in the show notes. If you're listening to this after the fact and you want to ask questions, you can add them to the show notes as well. We'll keep a track of those things or you can email us at castingnetspod um, at gmail.com. Uh, you can Facebook us. You can come to church. Uh, I'm here at St. John's. We have Emmanuel Shirley and Pastor Endorf. if I keep forgetting.
2: Brooklyn Lutheran Church, Brooklyn Park, Minnesota.
0: Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. So if you're traveling through Minnesota, you can stop off there and, and bring the conversation to any one of us. We'd love to continue the conversation with you. Before we have an opportunity to dive into the show um, and, and get to that, we do have to have a moment for a disclaimer. So take it away, one of you guys, for the disclaimer.
2: So we are are not speaking in any kind of official position for our our churches or ourselves or the Wisconsin Synod that we're a part of, and we're we're not trying to lay out any kind of a official doctrinal position, but we're trying to, again, have the start of a conversation. So if we say something that offends you or you you think is wrong, we certainly could be wrong. So please reach out to us and if we are wrong we'd like to hear it and if not we'd like to talk about it
0: like we were wrong last week when we said the broncos were a good team (laughs) and let's go to the show Welcome back. Thank you for joining us as we have an opportunity to gather today. We have been talking and kind of um, working through the eight doctrines that divide the church. We've been dealing with a series of what's the difference anyway. And so we had a wonderful conversation on justification last week. This week we are. Moving ourselves along in our conversation is on sanctification. Now, I know those are really big terms. So justification, the, uh, the declaration of not guilty that our Lord says over us. Now we have this other theological term, sanctification, uh, a very brief definition of that before we start the conversation, um, to be set apart for holy things, right? So that's, that's probably a, a very limited and concise way of explaining it.
1: Yeah, and when we're talking about sanctification, we have to talk about that the Bible speaks of sanctification in a broad sense of the Holy Spirit doing all the work of bringing us to faith, including uh, leading us to hate sin and and to to love what is good. But I think for today's podcast, we're talking about more of what happens after justification and that the, the Holy Spirit working through the means to lead us to do what is good.
0: Right. And I, and I <clears throat> thank you for bringing that up, because I think um, one of the things we do not want to do in the way that it is ordered the way it is, is justification always comes first. Um, so you are declared not guilty. Uh, faith is worked in your heart. Uh, God claims you as his own. And then sanctification comes. So we, we really want to be very, very clear that we don't miss um, organize how these, uh, these doctrines flow. So, um, you know, you don't want to be talking about sanctification in the Christian life before you talk about how did I become one? (laughs) How did, how did the Lord bring me to faith? Um, so we did have a chance to do that. So let's, let's dive on into, to the show. I want to open it up with, with probably the really memorable words of Paul, um, shall we go on sinning that grace may increase. What do you guys think?
1: It is a a good question that Paul asks. It's always neat in Romans. We're going through Romans on our online Bible study at Emmanuel and also in-person Bible study, where he always seems to anticipate the next question that you're going to ask, and then he asks the question, and then he answers it. So chapter 5 is just a beautiful exposition on the grace of God and how the grace is more than our, our sin And now he's like, well, now that we we have grace, should we just keep on sinning? And that's the question uh, where it's a question that every Christian is asking, really. Um, God has shown me this great grace, but I'm still a sinner. I still have this sinful nature. Uh, Do I keep on sinning so that God can forgive me more? Or what is my relationship now with my behavior and my thoughts and my words now that I've been um, brought into the family of God?
0: Right and so he 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 does a beautiful way or he in a in a very beautiful way brings up the question of why would we even be thinking of this because i think it's the logical like you said the logical progression is if i'm saved i'm going to give god every opportunity to continue saving me so it would almost figure that i should probably just keep on sinning keep on doing what i'm doing in life because look at how much opportunity i can i can show that god has saved me right um because because I know that even these sins are taken care of, but that's not what Paul would say. Paul would say, "No, we we would God forbid that we would do these things." So let's take a look at the opposite of bad things. Let's take a take a kind of a better look at the good things. And I'm going to use I should probably use that in quotes: good things that that we do in life. Um, so what do we see in the good works of others? What what kind of how would you react if or from your own experience? As a pastor, when when people start talking to, because we've all had those conversations where where someone comes up and they've said they're good people, what 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 are they seeing?
2: Well, <clears throat> they're seeing the, the outward works that somebody performs, because that's all people can see. You know, man works at the looks at the outward appearance. It's God who judges the heart, and, and that's kind of the issue that we always have to keep in mind when it comes to a good work. It has to be the right thing done for the right reasons. And we know it's the right thing when it's done according to God's word and command. And we know it's done for the right reason when it comes from faith, uh, out of love for God, love for our neighbor, thankfulness for what he has done for us. And so when when we say... You know, he's a good person. It doesn't seem like an arrogant thing to say, but it really is because we're making a judgment about that person's heart and why they do things. And we, we simply cannot see their relationship with God and why they have done things. And so we, we could say, you know, they've given generously to the church. That you can see but we can't see why.
0: Yeah, it's, a, it's interesting because you do look around the world and you see people that would maybe give you the shirt off their back, right? Um, they see someone who's cold or, or someone who is in need and they'll, they'll give something to them or, um, they seem to be a person who's always helping someone else. Um, they you know, they they would bend over backwards for you. Some people would say, right. Um, or you have, um, uh, other people say, I, I can't imagine the world without them because of all of the things that they have have participated in or or that they have done. Um, and we see those things in an external way. And And I like how you said that, uh, Pastor Endorf, that so many times we look at those external things and we try to make a judgment call on the internal things. Um, and we try to make a religious call on it and say, just because externally they're doing these good things, that must mean that they are internally great people.
2: And, and too, when we talk about that, and, and especially that last comment that you made, um, I, I can't imagine the world without that person. You know, this is, you know, an outgrowth of the second use of the law, where God uses the law to adjust people's outward behavior. Um, And it also goes to the parable of the weeds and the wheat, that for the, the benefit of believers, God does not tear out the weeds, that God doesn't want to tear out those people who do good works, because it would hurt us, even if they are only doing those good works outwardly. And so we, as believers, have to live in this world knowing that those hypocrites are out there, and it, it's it's right. hard to say that there are hypocrites out there. It's well, also hard to understand that sometimes the hypocrites out there are me.
0: Yeah. Well, and 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 yeah. What I guess my question, and and that you brought up that idea of the the hypocrite out there, and and I don't definitely that I would be one of those as well, but I'm wondering. If a person is doing a good thing in the world, would would we consider them a hypocrite, or would we consider that just a socially good thing, like uh, right? an external good thing? Maybe they're not even thinking of it in a way of "I am earning something." They're just doing a good thing, and God's using it for the benefit of society. Could could that be, or do we would we always want to mark them as the hypocrite?
2: Um. That is a fantastic question. I, I guess in in some ways, I I see where you're coming. But if you're trying to say I'm doing a good thing, but I'm doing it for selfish motives, you know, there's a conflict there. Whether you want to say that's hypocrisy or not, I guess.
0: Well, I would definitely agree that that I'm a hypocrite, and I think Christendom can be a hypocrite because we do good things and. And we are doing it under the mask of God things, but we're doing it for ourselves. Yeah. But I'm I'm wondering if the pagan does some good things and they're like not necessarily even thinking about the heavenly reward of it. Or are we placing that into their mind?
2: Oh, I, I think we would be placing that into their mind.
0: So so they might not it's even rooted. be a hypocrite. Esther. What do you think?
1: Well, I think we're using the term good and we're we're struggling with the fact that only God can determine if something is good. So we see the, you know, the 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 hypocrite in our church gives a lot of money, provides for their pastor. God's using that, but it's not particularly good if it's not coming from a heart that is is is, is justified. So we look at it and say this is a good thing because if a believer were doing the same exact thing, giving to the Lord, it would be considered a good, a good work. But So we're, we're, we keep the good on there, but it really shouldn't – it's just an, an action, an activity, something we can perceive.
0: Yeah, so maybe could I would be – go on. I would
1: also add that when,
2: when – they would definitely be much less of a hypocrite because they are claiming much less of a good work than the believer is at a time like
0: that. So could we call it just a, a, so maybe our, I I know, and I'm, I'm th- trying to think back even in, in the seminary uh, where, you know, we, we had those conversations about social good works and, and I always had a struggle with that idea because they aren't good works necessarily, but I'm, I'm kind of liking where, where Pastor Rudat's going, would they be their, they their beneficial actions? So couldn't we say that they're beneficial works, that they're, sure. these, these are beneficial things that, that people do in society now that leads to another type of conversation though. And and I think this is where this kind of goes. So we I don't think can can be always the person that assumes they're the hypocrite because they did a beneficial action. But the possibility exists that that beneficial action has led them to think on a on a different scale that they are do something more because of it so let's let's talk about that let's talk about how people view their own well now we can use the word good good work but how they view their own beneficial action um, in your conversations what have you run across or in if you want to go with the notes you can go with the notes as well
2: <laughs> well and and this is where the motivation for good works is fundamentally different for the Christian because we don't do it to get a blessing or a benefit, you know, and and this is something that is part of what separates the, the Lutheran church from, you know, the, the other churches, you know, the Lutheran church recognizes that we don't do, and this is in our confessions specifically the formula of Concord, um, we don't do good works either to avoid punishment or to receive a blessing we do good works simply because we do good works that's who we are and they flow from that whereas in in the world and and in churches where they mix law and gospel they do good works to to receive some kind of blessing or or benefit from it and so the motivation there is external. You know, I'm going to receive something good, whether it's uh, praise or uh, a reward from God that I've earned, or I'm going to avoid punishment or or something like that. You know, you see that fundamental difference between the the good works that come from free and full forgiveness and salvation in Christ, and Works that are motivated because there's still something left for you to do.
0: That's an interesting uh, you, you. You bring up how in the Lutheran Church we we view um, good works flowing from faith, right? Um, that this is a this is a byproduct of what we believe and why why we believe it is now flowing into the world through these things. Interestingly enough, I, I think there's a lot of people that that struggle with that interplay, right? Between um, the Christian and good works or what God demands of us and how that that plays out. And and I, I do like how you explained, you know, how do people view it because I I, I think Although I wouldn't say everything is an external motivation. I think some of it just is an internal one too. It makes me feel better. That would be the internal, you know, I did this good thing and it made me feel better about myself. Or I was so guilty because I did this. So I did that and it made me feel better about mm-hmm. myself. Um, that would be a more internal one than, than, than external, but that's just quibbling about semantics. Um, I, I, I think there is something to be said though, when we we talk about the, this difference and, and I want to talk more about the Lutheran difference in our approach, probably closer to the end when we talk about the different churches approaches and, and how we look at the scriptures and, and, and things of that nature. But it probably, it leads very seamlessly into how good works play into, or how this idea of good works play into the, the spirituality of people in the world. So, um, in the in the in the the outline that was sort of sent out, we had a couple of models of this, right? This mod the models of approach to spiritualism, um, in how people view good works and how they use those good things, those beneficial things in the world, to kind of get that external, or or to get that declaration or earn that salvation or whatever. So the couple of them that that we have, and and I think we can maybe go through them and, and walk our way through. The first is is kind of the idea of a banking system. And I'll be honest, when when I ran across this one, I had never thought about it um, that that using good works and an idea of a banking system. But after reading it, I, I kind of do understand what their thought is. So the idea of the, the banking system and the idea of good works is that I do good things and I bank them into uh into the higher power I bank them into the 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 I don't know what you want to call it um, um, the goodness of the universe and then I can I can draw from that when I need to is that is that about right
2: yeah it, and and so that's the picture of karma China is implementing like this social points system that that's very much has that kind of idea behind it where everybody gets a card and depending on your job and the things that you do you get this social score social responsibility score that that covers this exact kind of a thing which is is very horrifying imagine somebody watching you all the time and grading you about how you live your life and giving you a score based on that
0: god god (laughs) <laughs> he knows when you're sleeping he knows when you're awake, when you're oh, awake. That's, that's santa <laughs> <laughs>
2: or, or santa yeah
0: isn't isn't santa run off that banking system
2: <laughs> i i'm gonna go with sure
1: elf on the shelf
0: elf on the shelf i'm sorry pastor Rudolph. we we cut you off what did you have to say about that that banking system
1: um I could see even Christians doing that where they would look at and say, well, I was confirmed here. And or they were at one time they were a member here. So they they put a really good deposit down and now um, they can live the rest of your life, which kind of goes back to the next one in your in your outline of the barter system. Like you're trying to outweigh the good and the bad that you do and you you make a deal. God, I'm going to be pretty good here, but uh, you got to let me do these other things over here. And I think um, outside of Christianity, people could have that concept where as long as I'm better, than I'm worse, then somehow God should let me into his heaven. Same thing, Christians can sometimes fall into that as well too, where you say, well, I don't go to Bible class, but I do this. And so it's just right. the, um, the, or I don't read my Bibles during the week, but I do go to church on Sunday. So it's, it's right. the folks trying to look at some of their good works as if they offset the other things that they uh,
0: do or don't. you could even even, i mean if you're if you're into rpg games role playing games or whatever it's almost like the quest system right i i will give you this quest you go do this and then you will get this reward so if you do xyz this is the reward that you're going to get and it's an easy honestly that the barter system is an easy thing to to get yourself wrapped up in and to think about because Sometimes when you read the Old Testament, and if you if you especially read the Old Testament out of context, you could almost get that idea that God does that right with His people. I will be your God; you will be my people. That is a, a barter system, right? Or you will follow these laws; you will do these things, and I will do this. Um, you you get that idea that oh, maybe he this is a barter system. That's not in the context of the scriptures, um, but when you can take them out of context and you pull verses and you just want to say, I'm going to focus on this one verse, you almost get that idea of of a barter. If you do this, then you will receive that. What about uh, the superiority system?
1: Levels of Christians. That's, you know, pietism. That's our, um, we're going to have that within Christendom too. Oh, you have, you, you go to church, but do you speak in tongues? Or do you go to church, but do you do this? Where uh, people are looking at their, at levels of sanctification or, or where they're at in the sanctification spectrum and say hey I'm at least I'm better than these other Christians over here or right. our church is better than this Christian these Christians over here because we do this and we do that and we have this and we offer that.
0: Yeah, and so you have that we are better than someone else. Um and I think sometimes we I know I've used that in sermons where where you picked that up where um it's very easy to say, you know, people will think they're better because I've gone to church my own entire life and they haven't. So I must be a better Christian than they are, or I must be a Christian and they aren't um, because I'm, I'm here all the time. Um, and then, you know, you love to to pull out the rug from under them and say, well, I'm the pastor. I'm here every week.
2: And this is, <laughs> and this is one where it's, it's also seen in the negative, you know, look at the bad things happening to that person They must be a bad Christian. You know, that person struggles to get to church. Maybe they struggle to get to church because they had to pick up a second shift job because they needed the premium because they're taking care of uh, a sick member or a sick family member. And so they need the extra money to pay medical bills. Sure. And God is pleased with that. But despite being exhausted, they still do everything they can to make it to church. And yet we judge them for that.
0: You know, that's an interesting thing because <clears throat> um, so far through all of these, it seems to be that each one approaches looking for a certain act of sanctification that will define them. Right. Like a certain, either a certain level, a certain amount, a certain, a certain one of equal value. Um that 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 will define i have to do this good thing um almost like okay um i want you to go and and say you know however many hail marys or i want you to have so many works of attrition um you know for you to be able to qualify for this um yes i'm i'm highlighting a difference between the lutheran church and the catholic church um so if if anyone's wondering was he mentioning the catholic church i i did um, but you look at those things and and it makes me wonder if we and this is our sinful nature, but it makes me wonder if we're taking sanctification and we are we're taking sanctification and we're putting it into a mold that necessarily the scriptures don't don't put it into. Um and we're saying, okay, sanctification has to be this when when that's not really what the scriptures say. I I, I know it's very it's probably a very poorly worded. Uh, approach to it but sanctification by scriptures is God working through us in faith right um, and I've used an example when I was when I was in winter you know we had peach trees and I planted them and we were waiting for peaches to grow and and they hadn't had anything and all of a sudden I was mowing the lawn and I found right there next to it sort of in, tucked inside this is really ugly ugly it was it was not very good looking peach but it was growing. And I was super excited. And I ran and I told my wife, I'm like, it's bearing fruit. And, and that's sanctification, right? That, yeah. That's sanctification.
2: And, and it's also partly that, you know, we, we all want sanctification that looks like what I think sanctification should look like. You know, that it's the works that I think are good that make sense to me. And preferably that go along with the gifts that I have. And so I'm going to judge everybody else based on myself as the yardstick. So if you're doing the things that I do, you're a good Christian. If you're doing the things that fit your gifts and they're different from my gifts, then I'm going to judge you as not being a good Christian because you're different from me. And, and that's the sinful nature. You're not going to to God and saying, he's the judge. He's the one who gives the word and the commands. And so we should all do what he says. You're going to yourself and saying, "I'm the one who wants to be in charge. We should do it my way."
0: So, so from what I'm hearing is maybe we should just give up on this whole meter stick at all, and we should just love everybody. Um, which is that final system, right? That the love everyone system, um, or uh, or he gets us. <laughs> 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 yes that was a connection to a commercial <laughs>
1: and it's a valid one because it's oftentimes it is a complaint lodged at christianity you guys say you're um supposed to be about love but really what you're doing is you're already you're always identifying sin which is what we should be doing we should be doing both identifying sin and showing love to that sinner so that right and also when they say in the commercial says, you know, Jesus never taught us to hate. Well, he taught us to hate ourselves. He taught us to hate the sin, uh, and but it still is, it's still for the Christian, it's always going to be a struggle to do what is good because we have this sinful nature inside of us. So and just to say, well, let's just love is just a... Um, it's a cop-out in my opinion, like, or, like as, if that's, as if that's the easy choice. No, loving somebody is actually a hard choice, especially when you define love as doing what is best for the other person rather than uh, just letting them be, which is what the world wants to say. You love us by letting us be. Just let us leave us alone and actually do things for us, and that will show, show us love instead of doing what's best
0: for us. Right. And so, I mean, you would say, you know, God tells us to hate what God hates um, and God hates sin. And so showing love is to show that you hate sin and, and you desire for something better for them, um, which is what you're saying, right? That, that, <clears throat> that love, um, you could say it's it's tough love. Uh, We've used that term, I know in our family, and I think people still use that term, tough love, where sometimes you have to make a hard choice or you have to make a choice that might hurt someone's feelings or might hurt someone's um, um, thought of themselves for you to be able to get through to them and say, this is this needs to happen. I remember um, when I was young and um, I ran across the street without looking both ways, almost got hit by a car, Um, and I didn't think anything of it, but my mom brought me inside and I I got a whooping for it. And I remember my mom saying for those people who don't understand in the modern technology, a whooping is a spanking Um, not out of anger or abuse, but out of discipline of which my mother then said, I know this hurts. It hurts me to have to do this, but I'd rather you receive this than be dead. Right. Um, That was tough love. Right. I would rather, I would rather this happen. And, and I'm disciplining you so that you take a note of this, then for you not to have learned the lesson and you to continue going on the way that you're going, and then you get hit by a car. Um, and so that's kind of what Pastor Rudot is, is saying, right? Um, loving somebody isn't tolerance, isn't just letting them go and do whatever they want and saying that these are good things. Oh, look, at least you're in a relationship. No, not every relationship is healthy. Oh, at least you're fill in staying the blank to
1: yourself. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Staying or, true to yourself or, 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 and this is going to be controversial. At least they're going to church and then fill in whatever church that they might be going to that preaches false doctrine. I, I don't think that's better. <laughs> that's that that's not better um, to give up what is best for something that's not better. And, um, and, and so you know, what does that love look like? So let's, let's move on. Let's, uh, this is probably a really good time. So we had a question at the beginning of the show, um, that was, was brought to us, um, uh, by Catherine and, and thank you very much for bringing in a question. So the question that she asked is, it is better, is it better to focus on Jesus and let good things happen as they may Or is it better to struggle and fight against our natural inclinations and make ourselves do good things that we don't really want to do or that we're not comfortable doing? This is a really good time to answer that question before we move on to what does God say. So what do you guys think?
2: I I think the first thing to address with the question is, what do you mean by better? because um, you know, this is about our that that gets to the heart of our whole approach to sanctification. You know, as, as we're looking at, at those questions, you know, we don't deal with them necessarily in the abstract, but in the specific. You know, and and so you're you're planning out your day in the specific. Is it better for my kids? Is it better for my my Spouse? Is it better for my neighbor? Is it better for my job if I do this? If I do it in this way? And and that's where you you have to recognize that when we're talking about sanctification, you know, we we want to have that focus not on ourselves but on you know the people around us, the people we're meant to to serve. That God will bless us and take care of us, and 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 so what do they need? From us, what what kind of acts of service do they need? And and so sometimes you're in a situation where, um, yeah, I I need a break, and I can't really force myself to do it, and and that's okay because God's gonna bless them and, and watch over them and take care of them. And sometimes you're in a situation where, um, no, you just kind of got to do it. You're you're not feeling it. You're not you're not in the mood. <laughs> But right. it's better for them that you got to do it you because know, you got to feed kids every day, even if you're feeling it or not. But As I, I think, had to remind my own father. Um, I, I
0: think there's two, there's, there's some uh, many verses and many places in scripture where we could go back and we could, we could look at and say, there was instances of both of these things happening. I think you could go to, to uh, Mary and Martha and you could look at Mary and Martha and, and what does Jesus say to Mary and Martha you know um, you have Mary who's sitting at the feet listening Martha who's doing all the work and Martha says why don't don't you care you know tell my sister to help me and and what does Jesus say well she is she is looking at what is better right she's he's not saying that what Martha was doing was wrong it wasn't good he's saying that this is better for the time i'm here now this is this was a good thing so i do like how you're saying you know it it, it the the it depends on the situation that you're in and and where you are as to know if it would be better to focus on one thing or the other. On the other hand, I, I do want to, I would also go back to Romans with Paul and say, you know, the good I want to do this, I don't do. Um, but the evil I want to do this, I, uh, I don't want to do this, I do all the time. Um, and so to wait for things to happen naturally sometimes What's going to come most of the time flowing from my own sinful nature is not going to be the good. And so I'm going to have to focus. And by God's strength, I can. Um, Philippians, um, it is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm able to do those things not out of my own strength, but because of Christ who strengthens me to battle through my own sinful nature. That says I'm not comfortable doing this. This is not what I would like to be doing, and I will do it. And at the end of it, I am. I, I there's rich blessings to be had and seen, um, and and I'm a part of those things. And God has used me for them. That's that's kind of my take on yeah. on that.
2: And, and so she's added some more in the comments, and and I would say that if you look at your your vocations. And you say, you know, there is an area in examining my life where I need to repent. You know, I am not living up to God's commands in the way I should in this area, then then you would want to find a way to to grow in that area. To um, you know, first of all go to God's word and, and grow in that way, and then put that into application in your life. Um but there's always the caution that there's a difference between guilt and guilt feelings. Sure. Um <clears throat> you know that um you know our, our, our daily vocations and our daily life are important. They are valuable to God. He is pleased with those. And so we don't want to undervalue those in any way because we have this idea in our mind of what a saint should look like as as somebody like Mother Teresa or you know, a hermit in a cave or or something like that. You know? And then... Oh, go ahead.
0: Um I, and she had, she said, so abnormal activities and, and I'm, I may, I'm trying to think along the lines of where she's going. So volunteering, homeless shelter, I like where you're going with your vocational call. And and I would definitely say, don't step outside of your vocation. Um, I am, I'm a huge supporter of God calls you and gives you the gifts for where he would like you to be. And, and he equips you to do those things. That being said, I would say absolutely don't go and look for those things that God has not placed in in advance in your path for you to walk in. Um, <laughs> Ephesians, right? Um, you are God's workmanship um, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has placed in advance for you to walk in. So if you are presented in your life with an opportunity, that is that is a beautiful and rich opportunity God has placed in there. And, 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 and I, I would say in like in any call or any vocational setting, there's no wrong answer to that. There isn't the I have to take every single one, and there isn't the I have to say no to every single one. There is the I can choose and this is good and God pleasing that I can be in it. Now, when you make that, when you when you in Christian freedom in in being blessed by the Lord, free in Christ forgiven to engage in life when you're going and doing those things, why are you doing it? So are you doing it to give glory and honor to the Lord so that you can, you can offer the blessings of, of Christ um, in that volunteering act, in that homeless shelter, um, whatever. Amen. Go for it. Um, if you're doing it because you feel guilty because, well, if I don't do it, no one else will do it. You might have to stop and, and think, am I approaching this with the right heart? Am I approaching this in a good and God pleasing way? Um, and if the answer is no, I'm not, then 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 there's some rethought in yourself that I would probably reference back to you and say, okay, let's let's maybe clear our own head. Um, I, you you look like you're pondering something, Pastor Rudot.
1: Yes, uh, I was going to say that there's always going to be a tension between our our vocational callings. God has given us different gifts, like in Romans 12, where he encourages us to offer ourselves as living sacrifices. And then he talks about how we all have different gifts. We, we don't all have the same gifts, but we are to use them in proportion to our faith that God has given to us. There's a tension between the vocational callings, and then there's also a tension between uh, that and the cross, that every vocation has a cross. So every every vocation that we're, we're called into has opportunities where we have to deny ourselves and follow Christ instead. So when you're a parent, there are sometimes when it's dip, when you have to deny what's good for you for the good of the of those around you. If you're an employee, sure. same thing. So there's always going to be the tension. So in your question, which is a really a good question, uh, the it's it's both. Like if you're going to do things that are coming from the spirit of Christ in you to do what is right in your vocation around you, there's going to be times when you are going to be fighting against your natural inclinations and and you're doing things you don't really want to do if you are saying well I'm I'm fulfilling this role in vocation and I have freedom to do more or "or freedom to do other things there's going to be a cross too that this is something that's hard for me to do like I I see a need here and it seems like uh, there's a calling there somehow maybe somebody has asked me to help maybe I I mean, the community, I see the shelter, and they're saying, you know, help wanted. Um, So anyway, there's always going to be a tension between those things and to rest uh, in Philippians where in Philippians says, um, in fact, it is God who is working in you both to will and to work for the sake of his good pleasure. So like there's the freedom and then there's like at the end of the day you go, well, did I pick the right thing? And we have Philippians, too, reminding us, it is God who wills and works in you to do anything, um, whether it's in your vocation or whether it is something where you're asking yourself, is this my vocation or not? If this is something outside of that, that I'm I'm trying to stretch myself in some way.
0: And, and could we all probably, and I think we all would agree, that if you are going to stretch yourself in those ways, um, the caution would be that if it takes away from your primary vocation um, in an adverse way, not challenging, not challenging to stretch, like you've been saying. But it, but if it takes away for, in an adverse way from your primary vocation, then it's probably not what you want to get involved in. Because because you do have a, a primary vocation, and you do have vocations that are are secondary. Um, and and so you have to always watch those things. So you know if if what you're doing and you keep adding things, it takes you away from being um, a, a husband or a wife or a father or a mother. Yeah. Um, you might want to pull back and say, I, I have a vocation here and I can only do so much and, and it is, it is good and God pleasing of what I am doing and capable of and other areas. I just, I can't. Um, and I would go back to the, to the work of the acts, you know, the, the apostles themselves says, it's not good for us to wait on tables. Um, and not that that was a bad thing, not that that wasn't needed. It was not for them to do. Um, you know, this, this was a work for someone else and that's okay. Um, is it okay to focus on uses and, and and not worry about doing stuff? Just try to take advantages. Uh...
2: And I think that's something where we're all trying to say, absolutely yes, because uh, you know one of the things that that we've so often and I, I'm sh- I know I have and I'm sure the other two have seen in our ministries is that. Um, you know, God is pleased with you because you are his dearly loved and forgiven child. And so he is rejoicing in you when you do all of these things in your life, when you're faithful at your job, when you're faithful in, in your daily life with the things that you are already doing. And so when we talk about sanctification, we want you to start from that freedom of knowing that God is already rejoicing in you and in all of those things that you are doing already. And so when we say it's okay to focus on Jesus you know we're not starting from a you're you're kind of skating by as a Christian doing the bare minimum to get right. into heaven type of thing. You know, we're saying Look at what you are as God's dear child already and, and how happy he is with you already. And, and then if you want to add something to that in an appropriate way, God bless.
0: I, I would add to that. And I would say that my answer to the, the question is, is, there, is it okay to focus on Jesus and not to worry about the doing of the stuff? I would say this, do as as God your father does, as he views us through Christ. Um, and so view your life through Christ. You're focused on Christ. You're focused on on the cross. You you're viewing things through the lens of of the forgiveness of sins, and through His grace. <clears throat> and as you're viewing through Him, you're seeing opportunities. You're it, it, those those things will will highlight themselves. So there is the there is not the doing of the stuff. It is the I'm I'm viewing my life through that lens. And, and now it is opportunity. Um, that's kind of what I would say. Pastor Rudot, anything you want to add to that? Otherwise we can kind of sum up what God's words are for good good works.
1: Yeah, I just um, was thinking of a personal story, and I know it's anecdotal and all that, but um, I we had a member, I had a member in South Dakota who worked at a, grocery store and the owner of the grocery store always felt called to go on these missionary trips in foreign countries and while it was a good thing that he went on these missionary trips the store was being neglected so it was going back to to will's point and 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 my member i i remember him telling me the story and i was um proud of him because he was like because the guy was saying and and in a certain effect this individual, and I think we're going to find this as well as we look at other Christian denominations and the differences, they thought that their going out to these mission trips was a higher calling than what they, like, look at what I'm doing, and, and my member said to him, you know, you have a calling to the store. Like, this is what God, is, God gave you, the store, and the store needs your attention. I think for us as, as Christians, like, there is so much that we could be doing. There is so much we could, I mean, we could be overwhelmed by all the things we could be doing for our neighbor that I really appreciate the Lutheran view of, you know, the Lord has, first of all, um, what we do for God or do for others has no bearing on our relationship with God. God is pleased with us through Christ. So when he sees everything that we do, he sees it through the lens of Christ. So as we are making these decisions, we have that freedom of, of, of making that with the understanding there's going to be a tension. There's always going to be some area where uh, what's comfortable isn't necessarily what is good. What's comfortable isn't necessarily what is best for me or for my neighbor. So there's always going to be that tension that we're fighting with as well. But then at the end of the day, it comes back to um, that God delights in us because of Christ, The will that he is the one that wills and does according to his good purpose, as Philippians 2 verse 13 says.
0: Absolutely. Well, and then sort of to to kind of move ourselves along, I mean, we've been talking about good works. We've been talking about these beneficial things in the world. Um, What does the Lord say? So we have a couple of of, uh, points that the Lord makes. And the first is that good works are mandatory. Um, So we, we are not trying to belittle the beneficial things that we do in the world we're not saying okay you have a choice not to do them that comes back to the very first question should we keep on sinning um, so that grace may increase Uh, absolutely not good works these beneficial things in the world are mandatory now how do we understand that as a mandatory thing i think is is one of the differences between the churches right yeah, and so,
1: Bible passages that show that it was Jesus talking about that in Matthew five or sixteen. Let your light shine before men. Uh, we think of Second Peter three when Peter encourages us to grow in your knowledge uh, of God uh, of that. We, so it's um, Jesus saying, "Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect." So it's just this idea of, of that these things are good works are things that we do because we are who we are, that we are redeemed children of God. It's coming from faith. It's not a part of faith, which is where the differences comes in. It's coming from the faith that God has created, not a part of it.
0: Well, and and you could go into the parables that Jesus tells of the vine, right? Um, uh, You, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Um, You know, those who are in me bear much fruit. What is the much fruit that you bear? That is the, the good things, the beneficial things in the world. But those are the result of of being attached to Christ, um, it, the well, beautiful examples fruit trees. What you know what does an apple tree do? It bears apples. That that's what an apple tree does. Now, does the apple tree? And, and I had apple trees when I was in South Dakota. I listened every every spring. I was listening. I did not ever once hear the apple tree say, "I got to do these apples. I got to do these apples. Um, if I don't do these apples, I'm going to disappoint everybody." Or you know, let's let's go apples um they just bears apples because that's what it does and and that's so it is mandatory it's an apple tree <laughs> if, if it's not bearing apples it's not an apple tree cuz that's what apple trees do and so and so there is in 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 a in a very real sense good things to flow from the christian faith are mandatory Um, James is all about that the whole book of James is about you know your faith cannot be empty your faith cannot be alone Um, it it must also contain deeds that are flowing into the world so let's talk about the second Uh, God's work are assigned by or good works are assigned by God good works are assigned by God what do you guys think.
1: That comes from that Ephesians Bible passage: "For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do." And the Philippians passages that I talked about earlier; uh, these are things that God puts in front of us. But then we've we've already addressed this as well is that uh, the exact good work you, we can say in the past because of this freedom aspect of, of, of that we're living in Christ. So it's not like God. This is where. We run right into the the differences between Lutheranism where between churches, Christian churches where you have to, to somehow divine what God's will is for this, for you know, what did God want me to do today and and try to peer into the hidden will of God or the uh, the obscured will of God as if, as if that's something we can do. Whereas God puts in His word, these are the things. this is what it means to live as a Christian. This is what it means to be good you know, Ten Commandments might be a, a you know, good reference point, but does God tell you exactly how you are to, to carry those things out? We can look in the past and say, you know, God willed me to to do this. God has put this in front of me, and I did it. Um, he knows the, the, our timeline, but he, he is not, For from our perspective, we're not bound to a particular timeline or bound to finding out what our timeline is of the future. Does that make sense?
0: It does. And, and, you know, and speaking of the things that God places in, in, in your way for you to do, you know, you could use the example of the father who, you know, your child, um, little baby poops his pants and you have to clean that child. Um, that is a good thing in Christ. That is, that is part of the vocational call. Um, right. It is, this is, it's been placed for you to do, to humble yourself, to, to help serve someone else. Um, so there's uh, an example of, of God placing some of those things in your way. Uh, any other comments on, on number two? Otherwise, uh, good works can only be done by those who have been justified by Christ. Good works can only be done by those who have been justified by Christ. Again, that's that declaration of not guilty. So you got to keep your your doctrines in order. Uh, sanctification does not come before justification. You are justified first, then, then you are sanctified um, as you you continue to live in this, this life given back to you. Um, <clears throat> probably talked about earlier, the difference between a beneficial act and a good work. Uh, I think that is a a really good thing to refer back to early in the show that we came to, you know, we could call things, many things beneficial, right? Um, But they're not good in, in the way that God would see them as good. Any other comments on that section?
1: Hebrews is very clear without faith, it is impossible to please God. So whether somebody does something, and we've talked about this in confirmation class and Luther talked about that too, uh, is that you doing something good because you are a child of God has more benefit than somebody doing a huge amount of th- like you give you give a dollar to church. I'm you know, talking about confirmation kids or you you figure out your budget as 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 you can you know you figure out what you're going to give to the Lord first fruits that is more to God than uh, someone giving millions of dollars to the church because it is done in faith. It has that aspect to it.
0: Sure, yeah, that's a good lesson, and our kids need to hear that too. Um, good works are only those things which are pleasing to God. What do you think? Good works are only those things pleasing to God. So,
1: I like the illustration in there about you know, God. Uh, you you tell your kid to to clean the room, and they put in they cover the room with I love mommy the hearts you're like well that's nice but that's not what I asked you to do so right. like you know it I think that isn't that part of our sinful nature as well as to say well I know what the 10 commandments are but I've got this new new way new method that I'm going to do that that actually is going to be more pleasing than right you know, what's already been well, revealed
0: that was the Pharisees, right? Um, so God gave the the commandments, and we'll we'll put other commandments around there, or other things that we feel better to do that we can accomplish, um, and and we'll say that that is good. Um, and the Lord calls him out and says, you know, you'll give to the church, but you won't help your own mother. <laughs> so, so I mean, that's that that gives us an idea of of, of this idea of what is God asked of you. Are, are you willing to do those things? Um, all right. Uh, good works are still contaminated by sin. So even the good you want to do, is still contaminated by sin. What do you think?
1: That goes back to the whole um, concept we were talking about before of a banking system where we might think, oh, I did all these good things for God that somehow these things are pure in and of themselves or pure because you did them but God is pleased with them because of what Christ has done. Um, and uh, as Paul talks about in Romans seven, like nothing good lives in me in my sinful nature for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out for what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do this. I keep on doing oftentimes uh, we have good intentions, but our intentions are somehow affected or influenced by our sinful nature. So yeah, it's, and i think it's it's kind of splashes cold water on us but then as we have talked more than once in this podcast what a wonderful thing to think about the things that i'm trying to do i'm trying to do good for my neighbor even that has been washed in the blood of Christ. And so God looks at that and says, it's pleasing. I can go to bed at night not trying to figure out, well, did I did I have right motivations when I did this right? Because it was hard enough to do the right thing. Like you're trying to uh, raise your kids or you're trying to be a pastor and you're like, I'm trying really hard. And it was hard enough to, to fight my own uh, d- demons or my own sinful nature. And I got through it. at the end of the day, I rest in, oh, this is a Christ's um, blood cleanses me of this too. God has pleaded with it because of Christ.
2: And and we don't mention that to be mean or, or derogatory to people, like, oh no, oh no, you gotta remember this because you're a horrible person. But because as believers, we're gonna figure this out when we're going through it. And, and God wants us to to be prepared ahead of time so that when it happens, it's yeah, I knew this was gonna happen. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory in Christ Jesus. So that when it does happen, we already know the solution. We already have peace. We already have confidence. And and so we we get to have the good work and the confidence and the joy in Christ.
0: Yeah, I think that's uh um and and I lost connection there. So I maybe lost some and you maybe already said it, but but you know, I think recognizing that even the good that we want to do won't always have the outcome that we want or the outcome that we think it should um, or that we were hoping for tells us that everything that we do in this world still because of sin is, is always tainted. Um, But yet it's not our works that justify us. It is Christ who does. Um, And so, I'm not judged by those, those things. They are washed clean in Christ. Uh, let's talk um, here as we, we get to the end. So now, now we've kind of built the case. We've, we, we, hopefully answered many of the questions that people are having. Let's, let's have the rubber hit the road um, and talk a little bit about, so why is this different? What, why, why has, what we have said, the case that we've made, what, what makes this different when approached by other, other congregations and other, other denominations Um, in the world today. So, uh, on our list, the first one is, is probably the most Lutheran of them. And so I want to kind of skip that one. We'll save that one at the end. Um, so let's kind of go to number two here. Uh, so truly good works works, um, uh, can only be performed by someone who has received an initial grace by God, um, in baptism. This grace enables the free will of man to choose to produce good works which will then cause God to give more grace to produce yet more good works, uh, leading to the eventual perfection of the person. And this is kind of the idea of um, Catholicism. So it's that idea of uh, pervenial grace, right? We have this little bit of grace that helps us do a little bit of things, and then we get a little bit more, and then we do a little bit more. And and, um, hopefully you've seen that's not how Sanctification works. That's not how these good things work. Uh, Number three, good works before God are only those works which people do after they come to faith. What do you think about that one?
2: I think you got to continue with the next line. However, God's grace and love are so great that he may be willing to accept the works of those seeking to live morally to serve their fellow man, even if they are not Christians.
0: All right, well, explain that then.
2: Did I, did I maybe I jumped ahead too far? No, no, that's but, fine.
0: That's that's perfectly fine. So, what are they saying?
2: I mean, they're saying that you know th- this is the whole. Well, we don't want to condemn anybody. We don't want to offend anybody. God is love. He may be willing to accept if you're trying hard. You know, this is we're gonna pat you on the head. We're gonna patronize you we're gonna say well you gave it a good shot so god may be willing to accept that and it doesn't have anything to do with christ and we're gonna just trample the sacrifice of christ into the ground and (laughs) get rid of it because we don't care
1: as well as the 10 commandments because we're trampling those into the ground because we don't care about those either because the law has to be muted and yeah it's a good good yeah we're all good people yeah you're good people.
0: Yeah. Um, so, all right. So, truly, God works be or truly good works before God are only those works which people do after they come to faith. People, however, can prepare themselves to receive Christ, pray to receive Him even before they choose to follow Him. But once people believe in Christ, the Holy Spirit works in them to do good works. Gradually, these works force uh, sin out of their lives, and they become more and more perfect in the eyes of God. So that's just your well,
2: absolutely. And that's where I as a a spiritual Christian would explain it to you as fleshly Christians, but I don't think that you would be able to understand it. So if you work harder at becoming more spiritual Christians, someday you will understand it in the same way that I do.
1: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> at the first church of Dave Endorf.
2: At the first church of Dave Endorf. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so this is this is a um, kind of a Pentecostal. This is a a Methodist kind of approach.
1: Yeah, the the layers of Christians, like yeah, the Sunday morning Christian is one level of Christian, but if you are actually doing more, if you have a closer communion with God, then you should be doing more. And then all of a sudden, now God's going to give an outpouring of the Holy Spirit on you, and then now here you, you could even speak in tongues, like in some what is it some Pentecostals would be like it's speaking in tongues is something that is nice, but not necessarily required in order to show that you are really at this level of sanctification where other mainline other Pentecostals will be, no, you have to have the gift of the Holy spirit in order to demonstrate that you are uh, a more of a, as Dave said, a spiritual Christian rather than a fleshly Christian.
0: Right. And, and that's also in these types of congregations, you get a lot of the, um, they will put forward all these, these opportunities to go out right, and do works and and outside of your normal everyday life um, because those are the better things uh, for you to be involved in. Um, number five, then, people do good works as a result of the gifts and talents that God gives them throughout their lives, whether people believe in Jesus or not. God looks upon those works that are done to help others and considers them in deciding the ultimate fate of people, whether in predestination or in final judgment. Love covers the multitude of sins. What do you think? I think it's
1: always a confusion of putting works as part of your faith instead of as a result of faith. And and I think it's a it's a, a very easy thing for even the Christian, even the Lutheran, to to and that's why we have Pietism as well, where we're focusing on uh, the outward actions and to say, well, those outward actions are indicators that you truly believe, instead of outward actions being the result of of faith being worked in your heart.
0: Yeah, and I I to me I have that knee jerk reaction when I hear love covers the multitude of sins. Um, my knee-jerk reaction is to say, but it doesn't condone the sins, which I think is is kind of this idea in this section where where many of the, the congregations would look at that that follow us and you'd have mainline reform churches, you'd have um, some of your probably evangelical free churches that look at this and they would say, well we're we're letting this sin go because we love them um, and and we don't want to make them feel bad and we we just want to gather that we just want to show them that that you know people care um and this is this is not the most loving thing nor is it what the lord meant when he said love covers the multitude of sins um, that wasn't what he was referring to but that kind of brings us now we come back to the to the last one i guess to, to round point, it out oh,
2: jump in. for that sure. last point i think we should acknowledge that it is hard to look at society and, and the broad path and say, these people who are outwardly good are condemned. You know, that's a, a difficult thing to do. And as we're as we're addressing that, you know, um, we acknowledge that it is a difficult thing to do, but we trust that the God who loved the world and sent his son into the world to die for it, who who cried out on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? has earned our trust, and he deserves it. So when he says that he is loving and holy and perfect and righteous, we leave that in his hands and we trust his word because, you know, by his words and his actions in the life, death, and resurrection of Christ, he earned that trust. And so I don't downplay how hard it is to look at, at some people who do good beneficial actions in society and say outwardly it looks good, but God is not pleased with it, but God is more trustworthy than that.
0: Yeah, that's, um, and thank you for bringing that up because I do believe that that is something that, that we will struggle with and we we're made to struggle with because we want to look at the outward appearance and we want to make a judgment call and, and it's the Lord who looks at the heart and, um, Ultimately, he wants a heart for himself, um, not a heart for ourselves. If you want to say it that way. Um, so, number one, let's let's. I guess we'll we'll just talk about it as we we have the the closing here. So, good works before God are only those works which people do after they come to faith. These fruits of faith can only come from a heart that has been changed by the Holy Spirit to serve God before self. So that would be the the Lutheran. That would be our stance, right? As as confessional Lutherans, that uh, good works flow from faith. Um, the good things in God's sight flow from faith, and they might not always look grand and glorious, and they might not always benefit uh, you know society as a whole. But but they are the things that might benefit the family, or they might benefit the church, or they might benefit um, the community in which you're you're living. Um, you know, it it might not be you created the some solar system or some uh, something like that that everybody's now behind. Um, but it it is still a good thing you serve someone else. Um, you might even be working as a cashier. So, any comments on the Lutheran view? I'm hearing none. All right. Well, (laughs) um, I think we've said it (laughs) this whole time. We've been saying
1: it as we walk through it. Um, I would like to just talk like big picture um, warnings when it comes to sanctification and our viewpoint of sanctification. How does that sound like to you guys? Like this is something where even, so not to say that what Lutherans, what we proclaim and confess, we believe are, are biblical and scriptural, and true but that doesn't mean that we don't struggle with this uh, concept or that we don't have uh anything to learn from studying this concept so like for one thing i was thinking of is how um how sometimes we rely on the law to produce some outward works so like this is a struggle that i could see in our schools you know in our christian lutheran schools where we're we're focusing on the law to produce the outward activity rather than reminding ourselves that it's only through the gospel that this this behavior happens. Uh, I could see that. I like how uh, Dave said, talked about the formula of conquer, talks about how um, the law, um, we don't look at good works in terms of fear fear of punishment or hope of reward. And I think that's a struggle for Christians as well because we sometimes think, God, thank you, you know, uh, you're going to reward me for doing this hard thing and we have to throw cold water on that this we do the hard things and the good things because that's who we are we're the this new creation that god has created us to be and at the end of the day we're going to say like they say in luke 17 verse 10 we've only done our duty and and uh that's difficult because at the time when you're doing those things when you're denying yourself you're like well i'm doing something hard i should be rewarded and god is pleased with it but it's always because of Christ and it's been washed in the blood of Christ.
0: So I would like to add to that. And and this is something from my own experience and from some friends that I've had in the ministry and their experience on the opposite side, please don't look at the, the the Lutheran view of good works as saying we are living in ivory towers and that we are doing nothing in the world. Um, That is the, the furthest from the truth from my experience and from what I have found in the Lutheran church When we follow this doctrine that we have of sanctification, we are the the Lutheran is putting their head down and they're just they're living their life in Christ, Um, and they're living it to the very best that they can with the gifts that God has given to them. Um, When we start thinking in our head, we have to be out there and on the picket lines, and we have to be out there um, in this movement and that movement. We're starting to fall into these other categories. And we're starting to say that these are the these are the expressions um, that we have to have for us to be Christian or to be good or to be God pleasing. That's that's furthest from the truth. the The truth of the matter is, you can be and are perfect in God's sight through Christ, living your life in faith, serving your family, working and doing the jobs that you've been given, um, and supporting the things that you can support within reason, um, so that you are balancing and having that tension between all of these things. And, and, and you might not be the flashy and you might not be out there and they might not have people recording you and saying, look at, you know, On news 10, you know, so-and-so from whatever Lutheran church is, is being taken away in handcuffs. You might not be those things. Um, You might be the guy who's like, that guy is weird, (laughs) Um, you know, and, and you might be saying that and saying, then go to work and, and someone needs help and you help them. Um, And someone is, is in need of comfort and you comfort them. So that would be my. Yes, we're ready. Oh, okay.
1: I, sometimes when Dave has his hand out like this, I, th- I feel like he's getting ready to, to say something. So he had his hand up. I was watching his hand gestures. Uh, another thing I, I would also like to talk about how, as, as Lutherans, we sometimes are accused of not preaching sanctification. And I think sometimes that might be, and I'm going to speak broad brush, Sometimes that might be is that our law is not specific, like we are the law in our sermons are, is something so broad brushed or like it's like a, a a corporate sin, like we're talking about the sin of society or the sin of the world that we're living in, and we're not we're not hitting people and saying you know this is the good that that God has put in His word. These are things we He has put in advance for us to do that we are to love our neighbor, and if we're not specific in our law and our preaching, sometimes that people can come away and say, well, pastor didn't talk about my life of sanctification or what does it mean to live in Christ because he doesn't address um, those specific sins.
0: Sure. Sure. Yeah. And, and that, and, and vice versa too, I think sanctification preaching is hard because the sinful nature wants to look at, at, at what we can do in our life of sanctification. And when a pastor will give an encouragement to do that, they'll say, well, pastor said so. (laughs) <laughs> and then it becomes the law, right? I have to do these things. No, you get to, and this was just an example. That's all it was. Um, you know, these are, these are ways you can, not ways you have to. Um, so any other thoughts, gentlemen? Otherwise, uh, next week we have an opportunity to continue our, our look, and we will be hitting the doctrine of predestination.
1: We needed some validation today. I mean, we're just speaking into the void.
0: (laughs) That's all right. So predestination will be our our topic for next week, an opportunity to talk about what does this mean and and how does this work and, and how the Lutheran church views it and and how other churches view it. So join us for that. Join us also for beyond the sermon. Uh, We are in the season of Lent. And so we'll get to talk about the first Sunday of Lent on Tuesday for beyond the sermon and may God richly bless you as you dear Christian, dearly loved by the Lord blessed in him, washed clean, justified, and sanctified by the Spirit, now get to live free in this world, and you get to do a lot of things that are good in God's sight.